From Schwartz Media, I'm Ange McCormack. This is 7am. At shareholders' meetings for News Corp and Fox Corporation this month, for the first time, Rupert Murdoch wasn't the star of the show. The meeting signified that the transition of power from the 92-year-old mogul to his eldest son, Lachlan, is complete. So, how has Lachlan used his first moments of power? And what were Rupert Murdoch's parting words to end his 70-year-long media career? Today, host of Schwartz Media podcast Rupert, The Last Mogul, and contributor to the Saturday paper, Paddy Manning, on what's in store for the next era of the Murdoch empire. It's Monday, November 27. Paddy, so last week News Corp held its last ever investor meeting where Rupert Murdoch will play an active role. Can you tell me what happened? Well, it was a fascinating meeting, Ange. It was all online, so you could only listen in to the webcast. I will now introduce Mr. Rupert Murdoch, Executive Chair of News Corp. Good morning. But it was an interesting meeting because it's a symbolic moment in Rupert's career. It was his last annual general meeting for News Corporation and professional appearance as executive chairman of the company, which was the company, you know, that he took over 70 years ago and built up into the world's first global media empire. So it's kind of historic. The world is facing multiple international crises that demand attention and understanding. After the barbaric attack on his... It's a me, you know, Rupert, as the chair of these meetings, is quite feisty and they don't brook extended questioning. In fact, they've gone to great lengths to kind of limit questioning. But it was Rupert's last hurrah in some ways. And he did take the opportunity to spend a few minutes talking about his departure. There is no doubt we should all be concerned about the suppression of debate by an intolerant elite who regard differing opinions as anathema. So he had some sort of parting words, if you like. My life has certainly been fortunate. We are blessed to live in a country where dreams are not yet subject to regulation. You know, Rupert, he sounds every bit his age, uh, just listening to him. He speaks quite slowly. Just getting through the formal business of the meeting itself sounded like a bit of a strain for him. But he still has that characteristic turn of phrase and... You know, sort of in a, in a defiant tone, Rupert said the best is yet to come for News Corporation. Our last three years have been our most profitable, despite the complications of high interest rates and economic uncertainty. And now I'm confident that the best is yet to come. At the end, he spoke about Lachlan, his son, who's taking over. Like my father, I believe that humanity has a high destiny, and Lachlan certainly shares that belief. Their sense of destiny is not just a blessing, but a responsibility. But Rupert was also keen to mention that he still wanted to be involved in the company. He's not stepping away completely. He's continuing as chairman emeritus. And then at the end, he did let a few small shareholders ask questions. And one question was, did he have any regrets? Our next question, Rupert, congratulations on your remarkable 70-year career. What are your favourite News Corp memories and do you have any regrets? His answer was very certain. Very few. Yeah, very few regrets. Thank you. 
quite notable that he, he didn't actually answer the bit about his favourite memories. Uh, maybe he's forgotten them. Uh, maybe he's forgotten all the highlights. Two days later, uh, there was another annual meeting, uh, this time for his, the other arm of the Murdoch Media Empire, Fox Corporation. And Rupert's presence there was very telling how the transition of power to Lachlan was complete. Right, so what happened there at the Fox Corporation meeting? Did Rupert speak at that meeting too and what did we learn from that? Well, not at all. He didn't say a word, Angie. It's uh, the first Fox Corporation AGM where Rupert was not the centre of attention. In fact, he was watching from the audience. And in classic, you know, Fox style, they paid tribute to Rupert with a five-minute-long video of his life, his extraordinary 70-year career. His life's work shaped the world we know today. Whether in film, television, internet or print, we are informing, entertaining and inspiring people around the world. And Lachlan, of course, made a big deal uh, of thanking his father. Uh, Dad, on behalf of the Fox Board of Directors, uh, the leadership team and all the shareholders who have benefited from your hard work, we thank you for your vision, your insatiable curiosity. And the... Lachlan also made a point of saying, as Rupert had done in the News Corp meeting, that Rupert wasn't backing away into the shadows. He would still be hands-on and provide, quote, counsel and contribution. The first matter to be acted upon by the stockholders is Proposal 1, the election of directors. The board has nominated Tony Abbott... For Australians, a significant moment was Tony Abbott's official elevation to Fox's board, um, approved by shareholders at the meeting. If elected, these director nominees will each serve a one-year term expiring at the 2024 annual meeting. There's always been an Australian as one of the independent non-executive directors at Fox, and Tony Abbott is a very close friend of Lachlan Murdoch's and will now serve as the kind of notional Australian representative and get more than half a million dollars a year to do it, by the way. And after paying that tribute to his father, Lachlan pretty quickly got down to business and the formal agenda for the meeting. Right. And so at these two meetings, Lachlan Murdoch was kind of centre stage and that's how it'll be from now on at both Murdoch Media Companies which has been a long time coming, this moment. What state has Rupert left those companies to him in? Well, you'd have to say both companies have got structural challenges and Fox Corporation in particular, it's under a cloud, if you like, because they have this year had to pay a record $787 million settlement to the voting machine manufacturer Dominion as part of the fallout from the um, you know Trump campaign's claims in 2020 that the election was stolen from them and Fox aired on multiple occasions on Fox News claims that were baseless that um, Dominion voting machines had contributed to the election being stolen from Donald Trump shaving votes off to Biden and there's another voting machine manufacturer that's got an even bigger claim of 2.7 billion US dollars uh, Smartmatic that is still to be resolved. It's a similar claim. It's going to be heard in court in a different jurisdiction of New York uh, in 2025. But there could be another huge damages payout or settlement as a result of that litigation. And there are a bunch of other cases related to the big light coverage that are also in the works, including from some shareholders. So 
there was a question at the Fox Corporation meeting about what the company was doing to make sure there was no recurrence of the payout that we saw with Dominion. Uh, so there was one question on that. But it sort of does colour, uh, you know, this moment as Rupert steps down, that all of this litigation is still on foot. And of course, all of that is happening in the context of an incredible 2024 election cycle where, you know, democracy really is at stake in the United States. There is no doubt that Rupert, he is leaving some difficult, thorny issues for Lachlan to resolve. And I think we've already seen Lachlan show that he is ready to take charge and he's not going to be the leader that his father was. He's going to be his own person. After the break, the big first move Lachlan made after Rupert stepped down from his media empire. The Saturday Paper's food editors are some of the country's leading chefs, including Andrew McConnell, Otama Carey, David Moyle and Karen Martini. Let them guide your cooking when you sign up to Schwartz Media's free weekly newsletter, The Food. It features the latest recipe from the Saturday paper, along with a selection of seasonal dishes suitable for all cooks. Subscribe today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. As a a 7am listener, you're already familiar with many of the journalists who work for the Saturday paper. For a limited time, subscribe to Australia's leading independent news source, the Saturday paper, and you'll receive the Saturday paper's stainless steel coffee cup made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. So, Paddy, Rupert's son, Lachlan, is now in charge of the Murdoch Empire. He's only newly in the role, but how has he used his first moments of power to show us what his era is going to be about? Well, it's interesting, Ange, because Lachlan has always been described as the dutiful son Uh, even though, you know, he has had his moments back in 2005, he quit the empire, although he stayed on the board of News Corporation. Uh, But he did quit the empire, walked out, and he was in Australia for a decade then doing his own thing. But he has always been kind of considered the most dutiful son. And back in the 90s, Rupert certainly talked about him as the favoured successor, as his eldest son. He was the first among equals, was the quote that uh, Rupert used. And he's kept his kind of focus on the business. He's quite different to his father in that he's not the all-powerful, highly interventionist editor-in-chief figure. He doesn't see that as his role. And he's not quite the same kind of kingmaker, whereas Rupert has always been seen as a power broker behind the scenes. But interestingly, straight after these AGMs, he made a very public display of his own leadership style. He personally went to Ukraine to meet with President Vladimir Zelensky and travelled with Fox journalist Benjamin Hall and Jerome Starkey, who is the defence reporter for The Sun. Tonight we have a very special story. Correspondent Benjamin Hall returns to Ukraine 20 months after he was seriously injured there while covering the war with Russia. Also on the trip, Executive Chairman and CEO of Fox Corp, Lachlan Murdoch. Benji Hall spoke exclusively with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Quite significant, by the way, that he took one journalist from each company with him into that meeting at the invitation of Zelensky. It sent a very strong statement of support for Ukraine, not only to everyone at Fox News and elsewhere in the Murdoch Media Empire, 
but also to that extreme wing of the Republican Party that is opposing further US support for Ukraine's war against Russia. So it's a, it's a new direction from Lachlan, and it's hard to think of a similar kind of occasion that Rupert had ever done. In his prime, Rupert would have been up to his neck in kind of congressional intrigue. His way of handling the, you know, Republican debate about um, support for Ukraine would have been to get on the phone and call the power brokers himself. Lachlan's approach is quite different. He goes to Kiev to show his support by meeting with Zelensky. And then, you know, both Fox and The Sun and The New York Post and follow up with exclusive stories that come out of the interviews that resulted. Mm. And it's interesting that Lachlan is communicating in a different way to Rupert, you know, using these images and public displays to show his position. But what does going to Ukraine tell us about the politics of the Murdoch media empire under Lachlan? Well, what it shows is that, you know, I mean, we have seen fringe Republicans, um, particularly those associated with QAnon and MAGA, that are cynical about Zelensky in Ukraine and lobbying in Congress to vote against further funding for the war. Some have even flirted with pro-Putin rhetoric and so have Fox News anchors in the past, like Tucker Carlson, who Lachlan has now earlier this year fired, his biggest anchor, quite significant. And it shows that Lachlan is avowedly nonpartisan, but all of his donations have been on the Republican side of politics. And he is shaping up as a supporter, I think, of, of more of your establishment Republicans rather than the extreme election-denying wing of the party. And uh, that is quite significant. I think it's a bit too early to tell whether there's a sense that perhaps Fox News is coming back under Lachlan from some of the far-right controversial positions, particularly embraced by Tucker Carlson, towards something more of the centre-right which has been its traditional kind of orientation. And that comes, of course, as the Republican primary is heating up and Fox News will play a huge role in how that pans out. Although both Rupert and Lachlan and plenty in the media, the Murdoch media, have been trying to move on from Trump, Trump remains the front runner and you would have to assume that if he does clinch the uh, Republican nomination despite his, you know, many legal challenges and potentially even being in jail, you would still imagine that Fox News would have no alternative but to support Trump if he wins the GOP nomination. Mm. And I suppose underlining all of this is the question of how influential the Murdoch empire will be in the future. You know, Rupert spoke in that meeting we were talking about before about how optimistic he was and that the best years for his companies are ahead of them. But I'm wondering if that's really true and will Lachlan wield as much influence as his father did? Yeah, well, Ange, I I mean, I think if you take a big historical view of the Murdoch Media Empire, that actually the peak came quite some time ago. Uh, I think it was in the early years of this century when the company had, you know, spanned five continents and reached three quarters of the world's population. And, you know, the Murdoch media missed the boat on on the growth explosion of social media that uh, was to come and Facebook and Google took over. And then you have the phone hacking crisis that splits the empire. And then you have the culmination of all of this is Rupert selling out. In some ways, you could view it as a capitulation. He sells the bulk of the media empire to Disney. 
for $71 billion in 2019. And so what you have now is a much smaller Murdoch media empire, which is left and it's split between Fox and News Corporation. Combined, you know, worth um, just under $30 billion US compared with, you know, the other media giants. That's actually a small player, although it has huge influence still. But it's not the same as it was 20 years ago. So, you know, can the pay television business and the newspaper business continue for another half century or for another century? I think it's hard to imagine. And as I say, Lachlan is a different uh, leader than his father. I'm not sure that he aspires to be the arch media mogul and kingmaker that his father was. But, you know, perhaps his leadership style is evolving and we've seen, you know, uh, with that visit to Zelensky, perhaps a sign of things to come. It could be that we're about to see a kind of side of Lachlan that we haven't seen until now. Paddy, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Ange. You can listen to Paddy Manning's podcast series on Rupert Murdoch and his media empire called Rupert the Last Mogul in its own podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Sydney Dance Company explodes on stage with Memento. This world premiere by acclaimed choreographer Raphael Bonicella is unmissable contemporary dance. Strictly limited season from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. Book now at sydneydancecompany.com. Also in the news today, the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Torture has called for a full investigation into the Australian immigration detention system and the contractors that are used to maintain it after what she described as totally unacceptable reports of violence, drug trafficking and even the death of a detainee. The revelations were exposed by The Age newspaper after a High Court decision found the current indefinite detention regime to be unlawful. And as the ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war enters its fourth day, the release of prisoners and hostages continues. A spokesperson for Qatar's foreign ministry announced on Sunday that an additional 13 Israeli hostages and seven foreign nationals held in Gaza were to be released in exchange for 39 Palestinian civilian prisoners held by Israel. I'm Ange McCormack. This is 7am. We'll be back again tomorrow. 